if you like accents, you are at the right place. Welcome to my podcast, Worlds Collide. I'm the host of the show, Victoria Daute, and I talk with my international guests here in the show about the experiences they made in their new country versus their home country. In this episode, I talked to Nadina. She moved to the United States in 1997. She's from Argentina and it's still a very big part of her identity. Find out how a job for a fly fishing company brought her here, what kept her here, the struggles in the beginning, and still 26 years later. We also talk a little bit about her work with celebrity chefs Francis Malman and Pablo Marseille and what kind of record she's holding in the Guinness Book of World Records. Oh, and I forgot to mention that she didn't move anywhere. She moved to a small town in Idaho. I welcome Nadina from Argentina. She moved here a long time ago and now is in Idaho. Uh, hi, Nadina. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks to be on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you moved from Argentina. Mm -hmm. I moved from Argentina. How long ago? I moved up here on 1997. 1997. Yes. Oh, yes. oh, wow. That is a long time ago. I know. And, and um, where in Argentina were you? Uh, Buenos Aires, from the capital. Yes. Okay. And then you came to, right to Idaho? Um, the thing is my first husband, um, he's, um, a, a fly fishing guy and I got this gig to go to down to Patagonia to work for a fly fishing lodge and, uh, the company they hired me was like, oh, do you want to go to another country and do this? I said, like, oh, okay. So I did go kind of around the world with them. It was pretty cool. And I met my husband in Mongolia. Oh. And then, funny enough, which I didn't know, and where I was in Patagonia, they were like another four places. And he worked in one of those places. But it was funny that we never like met because, I don't know, it didn't happen. And, and he was, was he Argentinian too? Or? No, he's a U.S. Oh, he was American. Okay. Yeah. And um, and so anyway, we took a trip up here because his parents, his mom lived like three hours from where I'm right now in San Valle, Idaho. Mm -hmm. And a friend, a mutual friend lived up here in town. And he was always like, before even I met my husband, he was like, you have to come to San Valle. There is this Italian lady. She would love to work with you. But, well, And that's exactly what happened. I came up here the next day. I was working. Nice. And I worked for this lady for 12 years as the head of the catering department. Okay. The um, fly fishing, was it also cooking? Uh, yes. So I was I was a chef. Uh -huh. So you go with them. It, it is it's, it's crazy. You have to be young to survive this which I wouldn't do it right now. <laughs> But you go and you work four months and you work every single day, nonstop. Because every week you have new people coming. 
And uh, so I, I was the chef just to prepare all the meals for them. It was a really good experience. I did meet like, really cool people too. I started working on this absolutely crazy uh, food industry uh, because I trained with Francis Malman, who is mm, one of our yeah. biggest uh, celebrities. And I was 18 when I got with him um, and with Pablo Massey. And we, we would travel, you know, they travel a lot. And it was always like, <laughs> a few of my friends were like, these people is crazy. This is too exhausted. You know, I hate it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so fascinating. Okay. You were, you were excited, excited about it. And everybody else was, okay, this is too much. Like, yeah. They were thinking, yeah. yeah. These two pockets are like just crazy. And I think this because when my dad, who was a pilot, will will we travel? To me, it was common to do it. Uh, okay, so you always traveled a lot with your family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but they teach me how to like, work is a little different because you go to a different uh, country sometimes. And you are like, oh my gosh, I never be here. I don't know what language they're speaking. I don't know if I can find things. You know, you go through that stupidity. And then by the second trip, you're like, oh, this is, you know, we have a menu. We have one day to prepare for 500 people. Next day. Uh -huh. I don't know. I feel like the adrenaline, it was so much. It was so much that it was fun. Okay. So to me, like... I still like have calls where people say, are you free, you know, these days? And I'm like, yes, and they send me the stuff. And I never read sometimes who is the client because sometimes it's the assistant who's sending the stuff. So I don't know who is the client, but, you know, you have yeah. to travel. And then the person that opens the door is like George Lucas. And you're like, oh, shit. I was had to, oh, shit. I was had to read stuff, um, which is, you know, it was really cool. So I uh, professionally has been as crazy as exciting to be on this absolutely roller coaster. You never know who's going to be at the end of the table. But that was when you were still working with the traveling company that was this it was before i got married yeah okay okay and um so what was your first reaction when you started working in idaho i was very surprised it, the place is beautiful but to me i was surprised that i was in a ski town and people didn't speak another language and up here it's like It's a it's really, really tiny city. Now, town, no city. It's a little town. Now we have a little more people. But, you know, I feel like I was, I looked too white to speak Spanish. So people was like trying to figure out, you know, what I was like. So where is she from? She doesn't look Hispanic, but she has an yeah. accent. Yes. And but and then people was like, I just speak English. And I was like, okay. I then had to learn to speak US English. Mm -hmm. Because coming from Argentina, we do 
English from England. Yeah. So I still, I still, I still say supermarket, and people was like, "Where?" I was like, "To the market, to the grocery store." Grocery store, yes. Which to me it was like grocery was more like an items mm-hmm. than a physical place. You know what I mean? So culturally, I had to like. It was a struggle the first year. The first year, okay. And yeah. um, did it also take you like one year to feel more comfortable with the English language? Um, it, it did because I was thinking that I was speaking English, and but I wasn't speaking U.S. English. Uh huh. And also, you had an accent, yeah. and people sometimes had a hard time. Yeah. To- yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was, yeah, it was, it's, it's still sometimes frustrated, but now they're older. When people say, like, what? Because they don't even say, excuse me, I, I, I'm, can you repeat yourself? Mm-hmm. They're like, what? And you're like, I turn around and I like, I'm like, yeah, I'm no more patient for you. I'm like, if you're not making the effort, I, I don't want to talk with you. Yes, I understand because, like, you've been, there or you did that so many times you're here for such a long time you don't want to get into it over and over again yeah yeah i think that that's one of the biggest problems up here in the united states is people like are not open no a lot of people is open to like then aspect like you know people coming from different parts of the world so i remember when i first worked in um, in the US and there was it was in a hotel and that one manager he when he started talking to me he started to speak up really loud and I'm like just because I have an accent I am not deaf yeah you know you can speak yeah. in a normal tone to me you know normal volume I understand you perfectly you don't have to like speak louder yeah It's not so stupid. That's the reaction. It happened to me too. And I'm like, but then I learned that the speaking Spanish people up here, which most are from Mexico, they have their own dialect. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was, I did go to, that's the thing too, is to explain people that we speak differently. We can understand each other, but we had to, actually understand each other and yes too and on the kitchen you have you know people coming from every every corner of the world every every country and yes but especially from uh, south america and central america yeah and uh, so i had to learn terminology so that i could talk with them and the funny thing is my boss was an italian I, you know, I would speak with her Italian because I had no problem. But then when she had to talk to a speaking Spanish people, I had to translate because she understood my Spanish. We talk more like Spain. Then a Peruvian, a Mexican, a Colombia, we have people from Costa Rica, you know, things like that. And it was like, I had to like, okay, hold on one second. What are you trying to say? Okay. You know, I had to like translate it to her in a in a way where she could understand. I imagine in Idaho, um, there are not that many Hispanics. 
Now we have. But when I came up here, I was like, you know, I feel like a completely outsider. Yeah, yes. Because like, I imagine was, Idaho is very much just white. It's just white to the top. Um, it's so funny. We have one of our friends is here in town and he is uh, a French American. He actually have French parents, and but they came to the United States. So he doesn't talk with an accent, mm -hmm. but he is, you know, he's um, he has a, a darker color skin. And yesterday we were talking, he's like, well, you know, I'm the only black person in this white town. And I was like, I, was, I never see him on that way because I don't think that he is, you know, he's darker. <laughs> white people so and I was like and he has green eyes so it's kind of like you know like so he's not he's not a typical blonde no but yeah. he's no like even a typical black person and he feels already like an outsider yeah oh he loves it I know In that first year until you adjusted, were there times where you said, hey, I want to go back. This doesn't work out for me. Yeah. And you know what it was the saying, you know, we didn't have computers or this technology. So it, it was, a, you know, it was expensive to go mm -hmm. home. Yeah. Um, I think that what it saved me, it was my boss. He, she was like, um, like all Italians, she's very intense. But she really made me feel like, you know, if you need anything or, you know, wh whatever it is. So, you know, just talking in Italian mujer, it made me feel a little less anxious because, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, am, I, I don't like to quit. And I was like, you know, and I agreed to do this. Um, so she really helped me to pass the first year. Okay. Yeah. Plus, I was so young and I was there 24-7. All the time. Okay. All the time. So, yeah. Do you still sometimes get asked always the same questions about Argentina? Mm -hmm. I Now, I like it more when people say, it's like, oh, my gosh, where are we coming from? Oh, it's like, first, our our town got a little bit bigger, but I got more out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Now I don't care if you can understand what I'm saying. Okay. So I cannot talk. And if you can keep it up, we are fine. Um, but a lot of people now is like, oh my gosh, where are you coming from? And I say Argentina and people say, oh my gosh, well, I've, I've been there. I really like it. Or I want to go over there. I had clients that have friends that they come and ask me tons of things because they were gonna, they were on their way to go to Argentina. I feel like the last five years it, it grew more in me, and I'm more like it was. It's not like before when I was saying I'm from Argentina and people was uh, from Brazil. And you're like, Dude. yeah, okay, okay, but that happened like back then. Like now they're like a little bit more educated. Yeah, I still had to like clarify people say oh that's in South America I was like yes and people has been like in Colombia Venezuela and I was like 
we are, you see South America is so different. Central America is so different. We have different, we look differently, we differently, we have different customs. I mean, people are still saying that Cinco de Mayo is Mexico Independence Day. And you're like, no. Really? I've never heard that, but okay, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, up here in Idaho, people didn't go to school. They don't know history and geography. And you're like, I had to give it to the U.S. because U.S. is like Hollywood. They keep everybody in this bubble. And they kind of convince you to, you don't need to go outside. We have everything you need. Well, it's a big country. And I have to say, like, all the states are so different. Exactly. You know, and I mean, like here, they are so proud to be a Texan. And it's so different to even the next state, Louisiana. Yeah. You know, and California is a totally different oh, world. Totally. And, yeah. and Idaho is also like so different. So different. Talk completely. I mean, the mentality is like up here, is, we are ruled by religion. Yeah, it's very similar here too. Mm-hmm. In California, but yeah, in California we are ruled by. I don't like this. I cannot go and protest. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it, it, with the freedom of things. It was very interesting the first years up here because I don't sound like anyone up here. I don't look like anyone up here. I don't make my hair like this big and put tons of curls like a cowboy girl. I'm Catholic. I was I was pointed. I was Catholic. And I was like, yeah. I'm like, because up here there is a Mormon land. Oh, it's Mormon land. Okay. Do you go to church? I do. I do go to church. I'm more, I, I do pray in my home. Okay. I mean, like... And I I have to tell you, I did go to church a few times and I always did the mass in, in Latin mm-hmm. and, and English doesn't make sense when they do it. So I, I kind of like, my daughter will say, ma, because I will repeat it in my language. So I will do it mentally. Mm-hmm. And the church, the Catholic church uh, close home, they have a young priest for a few years and it was fun to go and do it. But when I go home in Argentina, I will go with my mom. Or we uh, follow a very beautiful father, and you had to travel to go and visit him. So it's kind of like I believe on the spiritual thing. I don't believe on the institution. Yeah. Right? So yeah. institution is made by men for men that have no brains. <laughs> the spiritual is the poor guy that was cross-nailed, and, you know, it was more spiritual. Yes. Okay. But I do have, like, I wear my clothes and things like that. And I was pointed, oh, I have a, f- <laughs> a lady. When I, I will never forget her. She can say, oh, I have a friend that was wearing a clothes like you. I was like, what that means? You know, and so I think it's good that you follow what you, you faith, but you shouldn't rule anybody else's life. Yeah. If it yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Do you still sometimes have 
things that you cannot comprehend or that you cannot understand in the oh, way yeah. um, Americans work in your place and where you're coming from? I feel the jokes, like when they say something funny, like when they are... Are jokes. And you're like, that, didn't, that wasn't funny. <laughs> like, there are cultural things that I'm like, I'm not there because... It's, it's not me, but I, I learned how to deal with it because it's one, two million people. And I feel like if I had to talk about work ethics, I feel like everybody else in the world, except the French, are, we are more a slave to work. Mm -hmm. And up here in a ski town, you know, if it's snowing and stuff like that, people will call you and say, oh, you know, I cannot go snowboarding. I was like, well, please don't come back. Yes. You know, thank you so much. Oh, you cannot rely on that. I mean, if you want to run a business that is not working, you need yeah. people that show up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that on that kind of situation, someone like, well, you know, you don't never know what to expect. Okay, so you think more like unreliability and a different sense of humor. Yeah. yeah. That, in another sense, I do like because there, there are rules to things. Um, traffic. Oh, my gosh. I, I go back home and I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't want to drive. Oh, enough. okay. Yeah. Uh, because everybody goes like, <laughs> yeah. They do that up here too, but, you know, at least if they... Uh, you get a stop, you get, you know. They follow the traffic rules and... You know, you get a stop over there. Yeah, you can buy people. The only thing I don't like is that they drink too much. In Argentina? No, here. Oh, in Idaho. Okay, they drink too much. Uh, no, I wouldn't say in a whole Idaho situation. I, I will say as a country. Uh-huh, uh, okay. I feel like happy hour is too early sometimes. But it's not that they're drinking too much. For me, it's it starts too early because it's a day drinking yeah, exactly. thing. We don't have that. You know, like for us, we start drinking late at yeah. night. Like our parties are late at night. And here... It's just 11. Whatever. Like you have your, your first drink with your brunch. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, you can start legally at 10, uh, 11 up here and, and mm -hmm. where I am. Um, I've been uh, traveling to Montana and it was like uh, six in the morning where they go to uh, have coffee and the only thing open, it was this bar, which it was a trailer in the middle of nowhere in Montana. It looked like a trailer from outside. Uh -huh. You get inside, it was a full bar. It was packed to the hell. The gentleman that was um, next to me, it was having... He was drinking beer, and because it was six in the morning, he bought a bottle of whiskey, but the, the bartender was like, you know, now it has to go in the paper bag, and you had to open it outside because it was like the rule at six in the morning. So you can drink from, because I asked, you can drink from 11 to six in the morning, and then that five hours, it was like not drinking hard alcohol in that It was like the crazy sense. I know. Interesting. Yeah, every state has different alcohol rules. Yeah, so up here, 
Um, you had a Sunday school. I think on Sunday up here in Zambale, you had to go after 2 p.m. Uh-huh. I think that they have the stuff. And another place is completely closed. I mean, I've been in Salt Lake so many times and um, everything is closed on Sunday. Oh, yes, because it's also very Mormon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. So, I haven't I haven't been there on a Sunday. Yeah. Um and what is the drinking culture then like in Argentina? Or the um, alcohol? I think it, we we have that too like we start a little later. I mean, if you if you are a sick person, you drink all day. That but yeah, okay, but that aside, yes. We start later. We had dinner later too, so it's kind of like culturally we are a very European. You know, we have like the tea time when tea time starts. It's generally five, six. You know, you have you can have aperitivos or mm-hmm. you know you start with a beer. Um, but yeah, it's it's later for us. Tea time? You mean dinner time? Dinner time it starts nine thirty ten. Okay, so that's a late dinner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is super different to here. Yeah, totally. And what time? And what time um, do people send their kids to bed? You know, whenever you can put it down. We don't. We are not like yeah. the the. I know it's kind of crazy, but to me, like raising Lola up here, it was like you know you hear, like people that it's like by five thirty they are in bed, and I was like that is early. That is missing part of the day. And like, um, and I think that that is one of the problems for the snacking. Mm-hmm. They had dinner at 5.30 or 6. And then, you know, the body needs a little more energy sometimes. So the snacking situation is the biggest problem in this country. No, Lola, I think that, you know, she will be at 10 p.m. going to bed okay i mean we're we we did that in argentina we all and in argentina we started school at 7 15 oh early yes that is very early yeah and you get out from school at i don't know 2 30 but you know sometimes you have sports after i think that sometimes i will come back home more in high school and it was 8 p.m okay yeah and and you just eat doing homework go to bed or doing more homework and just go to school. Okay, yeah. What do you miss from Argentina? Everything. Everything and like something in particular? Um, now that I'm older, I, I feel like I miss to hang out with my sisters more. Okay, so you miss family and friends? And my friends, you know. All my friends really are over there. I mm-hmm. have more friends actually around the world than the friends that I have up here. And I think it's, I think it's a cultural thing, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, but um, I, I, I miss, if I really had to be uh, vain, I miss all the sweets in Argentina. I love the food over there. The food is everything. I don't even know what, what kind of sweets are it. Oh, my gosh. It's like, you know, we have alfajores. Alfajores. With dulce de leches. Mm-hmm. The, 
We have, you know, the uh, kiosco, the uh, candy stores. I don't know. So they have like ten dozen cents. Um, I know the cookies. I know the food is so good. I literally every time I go, I had to do an extra diet. So extra diet before and after. Yeah, and, and plus, you know, everybody's like, "Oh, let's let's meet for tea time. Let's go to dinner. Let's go. Let's have." a lunch or stuff like that so it's kind of like yeah of course so you eat way more than you usually do but you have to indulge while you're there you have to as much yeah. as you can then i probably i try always to travel light because i will bring in candies with me yeah okay that's heavy in yeah. the end how often do you visit I always try to do once a year for sure. Sometimes I'm being lucky enough to be four times because... Um, oh, that's a lot. If I have a competition going or I'm invited to be at church. What kind of competition? Cooking competitions? A cooking competitions or we have like... I'm invited as a chef to um, a, a food festival. And uh, we did... And in 2018, where the pizza school i'm i adore this uh school where it trains it teach how to make pizza and pastas and you know all that stuff and they they have a huge competition and with the the guinness world record nice guinness book of world records cool yeah for the pizza and the empanadas uh-huh so you had to make the most empanadas and i was on the empanadas team yeah, so we have uh, in Spain. It was holding the title with five thousand five hundred, I think, and with a twelve thousand. Twelve thousand, you did. And how many people? On that, we were like just like uh, thirty-five people empanadas. Thirty-five people making twelve thousand empanadas. Wow. And we have. You know, you have an special uh, ovens that they cook, like, you know, in two minutes. And um, what was the time frame for, for the empanadas making? It, it was eight hours, and we did it in six and a half. Wow. Um, dude, I was so organized. I was like... <laughs> okay. Um, and then my sister, my older sister, she was on the pizza team, and it was... Um, it was I believe it was 180 people because, you know, pizza has to, you have to have people like straighten the dough and put in cheese. Everybody have a, a, a scene to do. Um, and then you had to make sure that it was fitting on the box, that it wasn't burned. So the same thing we have with empanadas. You had to make sure they were the same size. They were yeah. no burn. And you can put 12 in each box. Right? Okay. You have had to um, present yeah. them too. So I have. <laughs> okay. And who ate all this food? We, uh, the school at Pise participates with uh, the Down syndrome and the inclusion. And we have two mm -hmm. of our friends bring they were our connection to their schools. So our friends that have Down syndrome, they are like just really, really nice young men. And then we'll give to women's shelter, men's shelter, kids' shelter. Some people came. It was pretty cool because this, 
the close, a diagonal, the face, when you go through, uh, takes you to the pink house in Buenos Aires. So they closed that alley for us, and it was people that came. Oh. But it, it happened everything. The night before, mm-hmm. uh, it rained like hell. So they had to get our stand, which it was really good because and then it was like so hot and so shiny. Uh, we lost power at the school because we overworked the machines and everything preparing. It was it was crazy. I travel. I flew Sunday, and from here, and I flew back on Monday. So I barely saw my family. I was like, because you had to prepare and do all this stuff. But it was amazing. It took you like one week. Uh, yeah, five days. So the pixels, they did 12,000s too. Yeah. So and people had to go to work. So it was kind of like, you know, I paid my own ticket to go over there, the school paid the hotel, which was awesome because I could not have been going to my mom's house and take the bus going back and forth. I was there like okay. 24-7. Are you mentioned in the in the Guinness Book of Records? Yes, we are mentioning that. We had two medals, two gold medals each. Cool. Um, yeah, no, it was crazy. It was pretty fun. That's a good experience. Yeah. And it's uh, a nice story for sure. Yeah. Would you ever consider moving back to Argentina? Every time I go, yeah, I'm, I'm like, yeah. I, I never say no. Okay. And what made you stay in the U.S.? Because you said it was your first husband and you also have a daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not that easy Yeah. when you have a kid who is started being up here in America. And then I was doing my, my paperwork. The um, Twin Towers happened. Oh. So everything got, got stopped. So it took me an extra year uh, to... Uh, really, I had to start all over. My daughter was like two at the time, um, but I was so into to the work that I was doing. It was uh, it was really really good work. I was being paid really good money, and it took let's see from two thousand. I think that I got all my paperwork in two thousand and three, mm-hmm. and I still am not a citizen. I'm a Residence. Yeah. So every 10 years, I renew my residency. Because it really didn't come to the United States to change the status. And, and, and everything changed uh, where my country changed their lives too, where it really protects you to don't lose your citizenship. Yeah. And then United States, it was like, well, this is so stupid. You know, you can be a dual citizen and stuff like that. You can't then, or you can? No, you can. Okay. You can do mm-hmm. it. Um, so, and I don't know. It, it, it wasn't that easy and then I got divorced. So that my ex-husband, he's a really nice person, but he, you know, he's a fly fishing guy, which he's in nature. Mm-hmm. He, you know, um, so... Um, he didn't want to stay just in one place. Okay. But when you have a kid, you know, you have to, you have to go to school. You have to be like situated. Yes. 
and um and this place is really nice it's um um it's very calm very i mean you can leave your car open yeah and you don't have a lot of people living there do you have like a smaller uh so up here in some Bali it's like a thousand okay people. yeah small and people has doesn't really live up here all the time it's like second owner kind of thing uh, okay mm -hmm. uh, now with the COVID we have more people coming uh, to move up here like young people it's a retired community and uh, you know Chusky you have to have money yeah I know it's an expensive hobby yes yeah is there something that you really like here I like the organi I like the organization I like um I like that some things do work really good, you know, like. You mean like how things yeah. are organized, how people organize things? Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, and it's like, it's really sad to to know how bad Argentina, they all, we have all these crazy people that just, you know, keep stealing money from the government and does nothing for the people. Mm -hmm. And it got kind of intense. Uh, we have a decade where it was like very very intense um but every mm -hmm. time i go i'm like you know i think that now that i'm getting older i want to i train to spend more time you know yeah if i had to do like a one week because i'm going for a, a very specific thing i would do it but if i really go i try to go like a month mm -hmm. you know be Yeah, to, to spend the most time. It's a long trip, right? How long is the flight? Oh, well, just getting out from the United States is like the whole day. Yeah. Like literally it's the whole day. And then if I, you know, it's, I can do it in 19, 20 hours. That is a long trip, yes. Yeah. Do you do anything that is super Argentinian to you? Oh, I, I do. And one of the things is when people ask me, where are you coming from? I will always say Argentina. No Argentine, no Argentine. It's Argentina. It's how we pronounce it. I have a mate, so I can drink mate. Um, dulce de leche. Yeah. I think that the way I think, modern, um, but mm -hmm. I don't know. That's a, that's a very curious thing. I never like really... Thing. I think it's just talk as I am. You know, I don't, I don't talk English or American English with an accent. I'm trying to, and I have friends they do that, and you know because they want to prove that, you know, they are in the United States, and I'm like, ah, I don't care. You know, with all the languages I speak, I don't even sound like Argentina anymore. You identify through the language. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's me. I still don't make my hair. <laughs> everybody up here you know where where I am is a little more naive so everybody's kind of like you know wearing makeup and um, all day long and you know hair or things like that I'm more like you're more natural I, yeah I think that you know whatever I can do to feel like I'm close to home I do it And, and also, since you are a chef, you can make your own Argentinian. Oh, food. yeah. Yeah. 
So that's one of the scents. I sell empanadas with chimichurri to a place up here. Um, and when they invite me to participate in some uh, festivals, I do it. And like, I always sold out. And I that, that's one of the scents I always like. If I, and I'm invited to do cookie classes. So when people say, oh my gosh, how you do the chimichurri? And one of the senses like chimichurri is an Argentina invention. All the rest is a free interpretation. And um, and I really like, in one of the trips Francis Malman did up here, he was actually in a cooking class and this lady was fighting it up. And he was like, no. Yeah, it's, it's coming from Argentina. This is what we do. We do it for the meat, but we don't do it yeah. on the same concept. You know, the people up here has 10,000 sauces and everything has to have some dipping scent. And you're like, mm -hmm. we don't eat empanadas with chimichurri. We just, we eat it, empanada. So you have all the flavors. And up here it's like, you know, it's a mix of like, if I really had to ask you what you eat, most of the people cannot define what they eat because it's all these things. Well, my husband is uh, an example of that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm remarried. I've been married for a very long time, but he's like, he actually chugs when we're going out. He's like, you know, sauces is a, no, the food is a, a mechanism to eat sauces. That's all I want. You know, <laughs> he was always for extra sauce. Like, he just drink it. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh. I know. I mm. hate gravy. I think that to me, the most offensive food is Thanksgiving. It's a hospital flavor. And like, I stopped doing Thanksgiving because I did it for so many years. And I'm like, the stuffing is horrible. The gravy has like, I'm not a big fan of that meal. I like um, the mashed potatoes. Yeah. Yes. If they're not from a bar. Apple pies. I like the yeah. pies. Uh, not even the pumpkin pie, but I like the apple pies and the pecan pies, but yeah. only if it's not slimy. Yeah. And I also like the cranberries, but I don't care for that turkey. I don't care for the stuffing. Yes, and it's dry and has no flavor. It takes too long. And the sauce, the gravy, there you can make gravy really good, but... Yeah, I... Is that, is that the brown? Everything's wrong about it. Cooking a turkey, it takes too long. Oh my gosh. I was in Argentina. I was, I think it was last year. That's what I'm doing now. November, at the end of November, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> you don't want to deal with the, the winter? Well, I don't want to deal with Thanksgiving. Well, I'm trying to like getting closer to Christmas every year. Because I've been not having Christmas for a very long time at home. But Lola is like, Ma, I'm going to cook a turkey. I was like, why? Buy it. Let's order a turkey. No, because everybody, wah, wah, wah. Oh, my God. Lola had the biggest glass of wine. It was already midnight. And she's like, this scene is taking forever. I, and I was like, I told you, you had to start like early. And it's going to take forever. But they had, there were four people and their turkey was like 22 pounds. And she didn't start making it until it was already dinner time? Yeah, that one too. So, and I was like, okay, I was watching the football game. And I have, like, here too, I have Lola on my um, Zoom or WhatsApp video. Um, yeah, I was like, you know, every 20 minutes you had to turn around. 
make sure that you cover or you put cheese. So they eat that chalgi, I said, I don't know, at one in the morning. So she, she's, she's not going to do that anymore. She learned her lesson. No more turkeys in general, ever? <laughs> Just don't cook it. Just don't cook it. Just don't cook it, yes. Yeah. When you first moved here, what were the, the biggest differences to you? I had to say, I seen the biggest difference. It was, I was thinking that I was talking English. I was speaking English and I wasn't. Okay. The, so language barrier? Yeah, because my English, it wasn't the one that I speak up here. So it was, it was, it was stressful. I feel so stressful the first year up here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And I think that that's why I love football, American football so much because I was trying to see what will I can like, you know, you can scream to the TV and relax. And then at the same time, you will get, you know, these wars that you never hear before. So I think that watching American football teach me a lot. Oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> I never heard that before, but also I don't watch it. So maybe that's yeah. Oh my God. They were playing, they were uh, playing some soccer and it was like the most boring scene I ever saw really? in my life. It was like, it was like, and the guys were like, go. And you were like, well, that is boring, though, how they presented it. Oh, it was so... It, they came far. Now now it's kind of like... but In the beginning, you mean? 25 years ago? Oh, my like, God. Yes. Oh my God. Because, like, it's so different. But I know in the beginning when I moved here, like, people, they always watched the Mexican soccer. Yeah. Because at least, you uh -huh. know, the guy who's talking, he's, like, super into it. And it's, like, like, screaming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's more energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. It's, it, you know, in the and you have such a big soccer culture in Argentina. Yeah, yeah. I was in home last year for the third game, which was amazing. I and of the the World Cup, and I come back. I, I was flying in for the last game. I don't know why I didn't stay home because I could have doing that and stay home for it. It was Sunday. Oh, it was so stupid. But you did not know. You mean like no, you never know what's I, happening, you know? So No. And I had to come back because I have started, you know, with the Katie and the clients. But it was a, it was a, it was such a good experience. And where I live, where I'm from, um is where Diego Maradona moved mm -hmm. in the neighborhood. And I had the pleasure to actually cook for Diego. Oh, cool. With Pablo Massey. And it was, it was really cool. He was really nice to regular people. He wasn't nice to the reporters, but to the regular people. Oof. He was always take a picture with you, be very thankful. It was, it was, it, it was something. I saw the good and the bad. <laughs> yeah, nice. But it was nice. Yeah. That was a super interesting story from Nadina, I think. I appreciate her honesty and boldness about her time in the US. I think you can tell that she is a very passionate chef and person. And for a little bit more information, she competed in 2018 for the Guinness Book of World Records. And the school name that she did it with was Apice. 
spelled A-P-P-Y-C-E. And they train kids with Down syndrome to become professional pizza maestros and bakers. And I think that's pretty cool. I will also add a picture to our Instagram from the Pink House or Casa Rosado in Buenos Aires. That is the iconic governmental place and it houses the president's office. Our Instagram is called Worlds Collide Pod. It's just one word. And if you ever go to Sun Valley in Idaho, you can find Nadina's Gelato Place. And it's called Devoto Gelato, which also stands for the neighborhood in Buenos Aires where she grew up in and also where Diego Maradona lived. I will also add a picture to that and a link to that too. And of course, if you have a story that you want to share, you can email me at worldscollide123pod at gmail.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you will tune in for the next one. I'm your host, Victoria Doughtem, and I will see you next time. Oh, thanks for the interview. Thank you.